Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Trading Conversations and I'm your host Philip Thiel. You are here my friend because you believe that profitable trading is one of the most efficient ways to attain financial freedom and can be achieved as long as you are willing to put in the hard work to develop your trading competency. Our goal with this show is to introduce you to the traders who have dug through the trenches and emerged at the other end. From the sharing of their trading stories, strategies, workflow and best practices, I hope to help you shorten your learning curve as you embark on your journey towards trading mastery. The upcoming interview you will be listening to is part of the online trading summit that we organized and hosted previously. Possibly Asia's first virtual trading conference, I invited more than 32 global trading experts to share their trading knowledge with more than 25,000 traders from around the world. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to Online Trading Summit. Colin Xiao is our next speaker as I interview him on his systematic approach towards stock trading. Colin is a qualified chartered portfolio manager who holds a certified financial technician qualification. In this one-on-one -on -one interview with Colin, we talk about his journey falling into a debt trap and how he dig himself out of that hole before going on to become one of the most prominent stockbrokers in Singapore. I also quizzed him on his systematic approach towards trading and what kind of advice he has for budding traders. There are many nuggets of knowledge that you can pick up from this interview, so make sure you stay on to watch the entire video. Hi Colin, uh, welcome to the online trading summit. How's your day over there right now? Uh, I'm doing well, Philip. How are you? Okay. Great, great. I'm doing great. Thanks again so much for uh, coming on board this online trading summit to share your trading journey and your trading experience uh, with these summit participants. I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful and I'm very excited and I think that you're going to be sharing really a very good useful experience for the summit participants. Um, so I would just, before we go straight into the kind of a strategy methodology that you, you, you prefer and you like to use and you advocate, I think it would be really helpful if we could just go through a bit of your history about how you got started in trading um, in the first place. So if you could just uh, share with us how long ago and when was that that you actually first even got to know about the financial markets or, or the stock markets? How long ago was that? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, I actually learned trading more than 20 years ago. I still remember the very first time I learned trading was uh, when they advertised for commodity trading. You know, during, during those times, there were bucket shops. Uh, they would advertise people to learn to trade. That's when I first exposed to... And during then, there, there isn't even the, like the internet. You know? It's like basically calling telex to uh, find out the codes for all the different commodities. So you go for a class and then they will teach you all the technical analysis, all the different uh, way of trading. And then from there, you deposit money with them. And after you deposit money with them, you actually uh, trade using their, their, their codes. Okay? But it's a bucket shop. So sometimes when uh, they have uh, good prices, they will take it on their own. But if they are not good prices, then they will feed it out again. So uh, those were the days uh, when I first exposed to uh, trading, investing in technical analysis, and later part I went into uh, more uh, into equities, and uh, yeah. But when I first started was really a uh, very long time ago, and and uh, just 
I see. Using all this without internet even days. Yeah. So yeah. what actually got you interested into trading in the first place? I mean, it couldn't be just mm. out of nothing and you suddenly become interested in trading, right? Was oh. there some event or something that got you um, interested and want to find out more? Yeah, I was always, in, always interested in uh, money, you know, how to make money, you know, how to, uh, how the financial market works, you know. So from young, I was always reading books on uh, investments, on how people get rich and, and things like that. So uh, that got me started when I was very young. I mean, maybe my, my teens, you know, I was really oh, okay. uh, doing that. Yeah, yeah. So at what age do you start to, you got into this bucket shop? Thing. Oh, this bucket show, I think it's even before I was qualified to uh, trade, uh, you know, during, during, <laughs> okay. then, uh, uh, during then in, as an uh, equity account, you need like to be 21 and above. I think that was even before that was like uh, maybe 16, quite young, uh, very young. Uh, so that is very long time ago. And that was for like commodity? Yeah, trading. commodities. Yeah, so and commodities. That, is, that was in Singapore? In Singapore. And used to be they advertise on the newspaper, uh, you come you go there and they teach you to trade and then basically uh, they, you, you put in some money with them and then they will teach you how to trade. Also. So they are pretty much like uh, the brokers, like what we see nowadays, right? In a way. Correct, correct. Yeah. The difference between bucket shop is uh, they don't actually fit. Sometimes they fit to the market, sometimes they don't. Uh. Some, so they actually make money from, from you. Uh. Oh, so they will take yeah. positions against you. Take positions against you. They will also give you worse price. Uh. Okay, is there yeah. some, somehow like some of the, uh, the CFDs brokers out there that do ma market make instead of uh, going directly to the market? Uh, for uh, I think used to be even worse, uh, you know, used to be okay. worse because, because right now with uh, the internet, you can actually check the spot prices and things like that. But during then, they actually have to telex over and find out what is the, the price and things like that. So it's really uh, different, you know. Oh, okay. And, uh, and it's usually in the after... And after 12, then you will know uh, the markets are to trade. So it's a different. I see. Than, uh, yeah, you, really, you can't really check whether the price is real or not. So there was not much of a transparency in a way. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I think it's even worse than uh, CFD now. Uh, I yeah. see. So how do you do during that period in time when you were learning how to? I didn't do very well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just started a small amount and uh, okay. basically they just see how, how they can uh, over time uh. take money from you. Uh. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. how long did that phase took you before you realized, hey, maybe I'm just doing something wrong and maybe this is, this is like a corn shop or whatever? How, how long well, did for that? Me, for me, doing then is uh, more of uh, learning, okay? It's like paying to learn tuition fee, you know? So uh, for me, it's more like that. Uh, the investment wasn't much, uh, you know? Okay. I was learning how to, uh, uh, how the market works, how... How, how different people trade, how, how traders work. You know, there are, there are times when the trader made a lot of money and then after, like, after the trading, they will go and uh, enjoy themselves and things like that. So there are times when you see how the exciting life of a trader la, or then. La, yeah. So uh, yeah. was there any learning points for you during that phase um, of your trading in time? I think the, at the end of the day, the instrument is important and you need to know the, the platform you are trading on, like example in Forex, you know, in Forex there are also, I think you also heard of like B booking, you know, when you mm. B book your account, you know, in, 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 uh, in general, generally in, in terms of uh, exchange traded instrument like equities, like futures, they are, or ETF, they are generally safer compared to, let's say you do off the market, if you mm. do like uh, 
uh, market maker or if you do uh, all this, it's generally more uh, risky. So you need to know that difference. Uh, you know, even in, in Forex, there are different kinds of Forex, you know. You know? So from there, then you, you that's, the, that's the first experience there, yeah, over there. And for me, it's more learning experience. It's more of learning how to look at the market uh, and all the, the part. Uh, yeah. And how, how did it evolve for you after that? How long did so it take after you? That, I, I, after page? that, I mm -hmm. went into the other part. Okay, so I went from one extreme, that means it's from uh, just trading speculation to the other extreme, which is uh, learning fundamental, learning uh, like Warren Buffett style, you know, reading books about Warren Buffett. You know, so I, whatever books I have, I'll just read out Warren Buffett and then I, I applied that. Nah. So use it, I started a trading account, I started an equity account. The uh, from day one, once I am qualified to do that, I already opened up a brokerage account and start to buy undervalued shares then. <laughs> okay. And uh, at that point in time, were you like already working and just trading and investing on a part-time basis or you, uh, you started away straight away was, on a full-time thing? Yeah. During my teens, I was already working. So mm. I, I made some income from there. So I saved up some money even in my, in my army time, I was uh, having some income. And uh, so I used those income to, to invest. Uh, Using using this method, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. So you were not actually like a full time doing trading or investing for full time yet, right? At no, this, no, at no, that point no, in time. no. That that time of time, I was still figuring out what is this whole thing about, uh. So mm. uh, one of the things that uh for me was really books, uh. So I read a lot of books. Uh, mm. uh, my 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 library are all about trading books, investment books, and things like that. Yeah. I see. So yeah. do you have like any kind of a mentor or someone who you learn from? Um, at at that point in time, or maybe even later on, oh, many uh, I have many mm. many mentors uh. Uh, So in the like what I say in the first part, so logically I say, hey, who is the richest man in the world? Then uh, like Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett is the richest. Okay, what is the strategy? Strategy is uh this kind of uh, value investing part. I tried to use it, but not so successful for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what I just want to share one story very uh. interestingly is during then uh there is this criteria you know, to look at uh, what are the stocks that uh, uh, fit his criteria, you know. So, example, like you need to have certain number uh, percentage of ROE. You need to have monopoly. You need to have good management. You need to have good market. So, I selected a company called Informatics. Have you heard of a company before? Yes. Informatics. Uh, during then, many years ago, uh, it was managed by a doctor. It, uh, there's a growth because there was purple train. They were going to the dot com era. You know, there was this online portal that you can actually uh, do training there. So interesting. Monopoly also because during then. If everybody got to do private education, who did it go? Besides university, mm. informatics, mm. you know, is the, yes. is the school. The only private school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So informatics sounds good. Huh? So, and then the ROE also not bad also. And then a lot of analysts also gave by call on informatics also. During that, I think it was one thirty, one dollar thirty cents. Around which year was that? Wow, many years ago. Uh, 80s or 90s? I think it's uh, maybe about year... 2000 maybe okay near 2000 okay yeah yeah i think so uh, because it was doing or maybe slightly earlier because that was like when the internet started to to come mm. in you know okay i think it's maybe before 2000 but when mm. the internet uh things started to come in and it's about online learning and things like that you know so that was the time uh, the end, okay uh, and what uh, happened so and so after i read all the report then what do you do all the analysts say buy right so you buy lah and, and you, do you uh, like, like whack all your, most you know, of your I didn't whack all my money. I split into a few uh, undervalued stocks. Okay. This was one of the bigger undervalued stocks. And 
uh, didn't go well. Lah. I think okay. I, I cut loss once, once it was about, down about 20 cents, I cut loss. Uh, they gave a 150 target price, one, 130 target price, 150. And then eventually, I think now it's like less than 10 cents. So you, at that point in time, you already had the awareness of cutting losses, although you were using yeah, yeah, a fundamental yeah, yeah. methodology right, right. to so invest. So I still have some uh, good thing. I still have some... That was not what Warren Buffett advocate, right? To have no, 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 no. That was not what Buffett <laughs> rec, rec, uh, advocate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then okay. after that, there were other uh, stocks that was cheap and uh, eventually went cheaper. I see, I see. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, I understand that you uh, became a very successful broker or remiser mm. in your career. And when did that start? What, was there at some point at a moment in your time you decided that, hey, I want to be, a f- to be, be full-time in this industry? Okay, so after this uh, part about value investing, then I went again back to technical. I went to take out my uh, certified uh, CFT, Certified Financial Technician exam. And I, from there, I was working. So I accumulated some funds and then started to trade uh, more regularly. When I could do it more consistently, then I went to full time. That is like maybe close to 15 years ago, you know, when mm. I, I, I do that full time. And Full time, as in what? As in you become you became. I, a I was actually I, I was actually a financial advisor. I was mm. a financial advisor. Okay. But financial advisor don't need all your time, uh. So when I was uh, at free time, there I would trade, uh, You know. Okay. So I was doing that for uh, about three years, and after three years, the the brokerage was quite a bit. You know, the the generated brokerage was quite a bit, so few thousand dollars a month. So I thought, hey, why don't I become a, a broker? Because, uh, as a as a Financial advisor, what do you do? You sell investment, you sell insurance. Mm. But sometimes when you sell your products, like you sell insurance, like it may not be the best thing for your client mm. because you, you, you get a cut of their, their premiums, you see. So from mm. that after so many years in the industry, you know that some, sometimes the best product may not be the product that is best for the client. Maybe best mm. for you, maybe not be best for the client or the company. So there was a conflict of interest in me. La. So mm. I decided since I was trading, why do I move away from uh, uh, selling insurance to uh, uh, selling equities? Because uh, in equities, right, when you're doing like brokerage, right, um, whether you buy SIA or any stocks, you get the same amount of uh, mm. brokerage. Mm. So at, at the same time, I was also doing that, that myself. Mm. So why not I, I go, go in to become a, a broker? Mm. You know, whatever, become a broker. And, and, uh, and so I joined, joined this company, put in uh, capital and join this company. And initially, my idea was not to have too many clients, you know, because they are trading online. I just do my own trading. Uh, mm-hmm. you know? But what happened is one of these clients, uh, within half a year, I lost quarter million dollars. Wow, okay. $250,000. Okay. Not to pay for the losses. Uh. So, ah, okay. uh, so I actually have to change my way of trading from there. So uh, from, from doing a very fast daily kind of trading, you know, to... A longer term of time of trading. That is when I actually learn uh, about systems, about uh, uh, trading systems, about backtesting, about uh, this stuff. Uh. So then from there, I changed my way of trading, and and uh, um, and then after, and I made back enough to pay off the losses about eighteen months later. Oh, so that, basically, that client who lost money became your liability. Yes, yes. So as a remiser, uh, okay. I was only half year as a broker. Half year. That was half only half year, and you had six months. Six months as a broker, and then what happened? He don't pay. Then end up uh. I have to pay for what become big news uh, because uh. famous now, you know, lose so much money in 
uh, client lose much money in a short period of time. But okay. so, but the good thing out of this is, uh, I changed my way of doing and then managed to make back the losses. Uh. So after that, I make back the losses. The good thing was after I make back the losses, then I I I thought what what could I do uh, after I make back the losses. Then Philip, uh, this this the the brokerage house was also helping me in in like doing education and things like that. That's when I actually go into uh, doing education also. Uh. I see. And would you consider that point in time as the lowest point in your life? Or were there even worse cases before or after that? Uh, in terms of financial, yes. Uh, because uh, during then when I was doing my, uh, when I was, I knew uh, that I had to pay off the debt, right? The $250,000 debt. Uh, I, uh, the company was charging me interest still. Like 9% interest, you know? Oh my God, okay. <laughs> so even like my, uh, excluding my own trading, uh, my, my brokerage uh, is like, can't even cover the interest, you know? Okay. Cannot, I cannot even pay for principal. So that's yeah. Like, so how do you crawl yourself out from that hole exactly, actually? Uh, day by day. Uh, you crawl, do it day by day, you know? So you, okay. you just do it day by day and, and uh, really on your knees, uh, basically. So in a way, you uh, try to, you continue to work on your, your brokerage business and you use yeah. those earnings from the brokerage um, to try to pay back all this debt, right? Because when you're in debt, that's actually not nothing to talk about even trading at all because you don't even have the capital. I, I have some capital left. Mm. I, have some, I have some capital left because I was doing my own trading. Mm. I, was okay. doing, I, do my, I was doing my own trading, so I have capital. But not, not if, I, if I, my capital, if I do short-term trading, uh, trade for income, uh, cannot pay back the losses. I see. So, so you didn't I, actually you didn't actually use those balance of the income that you have to pay back the food, the debt as no, soon no, as possible. No, 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 yeah, so no, you yeah, kept yeah, some. Yeah. You I kept some. Trade, correct, correct. And then so you slowly some, pay back the rest I, of the debt. Uh, so what, what I did was uh so there were a few things. Uh, first thing was uh I, I I changed my way of trading instead of very short term, I changed into longer term. Yeah. And then I managed to write a good trend also. I was fortunate uh, to write a very mm. good trend also. Mm. So uh, then from there, together with my brokerage, I managed to make back. Uh, yeah, how long how long did it take you to finally about eighteen months ah? Wow, that's pretty fast actually. Eighteen months, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So okay. I, I I managed to wrap a very good trend ah. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So, position also. I see. So, so yeah. that was a it was a bull market at that point in time. Uh it was actually not the bull market ah. Okay. It's not the bull market. Okay. Uh, uh it was actually the market was not turning so good, so I was mm. on the other side ah. Uh, so you were thing, actually yeah. on the other side of it. Shopping, yeah. Okay, so like, uh, like the je legendary Jesse Livermore who shorted uh, the market during was, the Great uh, Depression. On, on, on the other side, yeah, yeah. So okay. I was short, short and then managed to write good trends. Uh. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what happened after you finally paid off the debt and how did things evolve for you thereafter? You said uh, thereafter you started doing training and stuff like that. Yeah, right? yeah. So mm. after I paid off the losses, then I thought, hey, what to do with my life, you know? So I want to go back to trading in a room, you know, mm. just doing that. I thought, hey, maybe we should, I should, it's not my, my purpose in life, uh, not to just trade in a room. Uh. So I, I felt that, hey, I should share, share with people what is this thing about, what is trading about. Trading is not really about just, this person was not even trading, this person was like gambling, you know. So then I, I, I had this idea of this community, uh, that we want to build a community in the marketplace. So that's when I started to do training. And right now we have uh, our own training space where we, people, traders come in and trade. Uh, and, and also, uh, we also welcome people like on weekly or quarterly basis to come together, meet up together, build a community mm -hmm. around this place. Uh. Yeah. I see. So yeah. at that point in time, 
while you were crawling out of that hole uh, uh, and you were trading at the same time, what was the kind of trading methodology at that point in time? What kind uh, of strategies do you actually use? I did trend following. Okay, mm. basically it was trend following. Uh, managed to write a good trend. Uh, I was doing index. I was mm. doing uh, index. Uh, so leverage products. And also, um, yeah, basically riding positions. Uh, that means uh, not exiting position even you're on the right. Uh, mm. When you're correct, uh, you add on more position. Uh, oh, so, that, so you actually pyramid into your trade. Uh, uh, yes, yes. So, yes, yes. So, so if it went in that in my direction, I will actually add on more position. Mm. Uh, eventually, eventually, when the market turns, uh, then you want to close up all your position. Uh. I see. So but you went in a direction that yeah. follow the position. Was it more like a longer term kind of position yes. trading? Yes. yes. So not, not I, a, mm. Yeah. So I was using this stock software called a meta stock. Mm. meta stock. So basically, what I, want, I did was I want to find a a, a method uh, or a system uh, that works. Uh. So you know, meta stock there were a lot of templates down there where you can back test yep. all the different methods, MACD, mm. or SI. I mm. tested all of them. Uh. Mm. Most of them doesn't work. <laughs> 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 was it also so, partly because of the markets that you did the test on? Maybe they were uh, I test on a lot. I, I test on a lot of market like US market, okay. different markets. Okay. So okay. a lot of those that I read in the books, you know, and uh, I coded or when uh, those, those from the from the templates themselves, I tested uh, them. Uh, Most of them didn't give me an edge. So uh, so during the back testing itself, can you give one example testing. that has the terrible back testing results? Uh, the worst uh, the worst are uh, oscillators uh. Ah, okay. Uh, oscillators, uh, you know, when uh, oscillators, you, you see overbought, you buy, uh, overbought uh, yourself, overbought, so you buy, you know, if you just pure, use a pure oscillator strategy, uh, mm. uh, won't work. Uh. I see. So it's yeah, as simple it as overbought, buy, oversold, uh, yes, oversold, yes. buy, overbought, sell, just that. Yes, 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 yes. So most oscillators, uh, when the market is side, sideways, you know, then it works. Uh, but when market trend, uh, okay. then it will, it will, it will not work. Uh. Okay. So there are many many strategies like MACD crossover, MA, uh, RSI over over. So many many strategies. Then even from those, you know, that's not, that's not a, there's a book called Technical Analysis for Stocks and Commodity. There's a mm. magazine, right? So in, over there also got the different meta stock code. So I also copy those codes uh, and test. Uh. Wow. So, so at that point in time, you were already doing like systematic or uh, algorithm yeah, trading. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. So, so were you at any point in time like a discretionary trader that you just look at charts and you find the right entries, exit levels, yes, just trade yes, from there? Yes. So previously, right, before I did this, uh, before the debt happened, uh, I was more uh, discretionary. Mm. I, I still have a system. I still have mm. a system, but it's more discretionary. Okay. So, okay. Uh, um, yeah, that was and for shorter term also. Yeah. I see. So that was before this thing happened. Uh. So how I got into this is also because uh, someone shared with me, uh, one of my uh, classmates during my uh, CFT time, uh, when I was doing this certification, right, shared with me that hey, uh, not everything uh, that is in the book is true. Uh, some, some, you need to, some information is, is just for knowledge. Some information is to make money. Uh, so you must know the difference. Uh. Mm. So from there, I went to National Library. You know, National Library is that this, I think, level eight, where all the reference books are. Mm. So from there, I did a lot of research uh, then, and I did a lot of backtesting. Uh. So before I even started to put money in, I was just spending time backtesting, testing strategy, coming out with my own strategy and uh, testing my own strategy. Uh. So that one took a lot of time actually. Mm. And during, meanwhile, the debt interest continued. 
So, so yeah. basically, your your evolution from a discretionary trader into a yeah. systematic trader was actually during that point in time where That's you right. had incurred the debt. Which, yes. year, which year was that, if you could still remember, roughly? Wow, that is like more than... 10 years back? 12, years? 12, 12, 12 years, around 12 years. Around, around 12 years back, okay. 14 years back, I think. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So it was at that point in time, you decided that, okay, I want to move from a discretionary trader into a systematic trader. Correct. And you start More to systematic trader, yeah. dive deep into that. Correct, and correct. Was it so, purely self-learned kind of journey or do you have some... Uh, I, I went for some... So I was doing matter stock, so I went for some matter stock courses, you know, learn mm. how to code. Mm. Uh, for, and then also online, uh, learn, learn online uh, some, of the, some of the... So a lot of the things that I learned is actually... Uh, looking at magazines, you know, since they have different ideas, they code their ideas out. Uh, so you literally, have, you are the one who do the coding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And oh, many years okay. ago, was, I, I was the one who do the coding and then reading the results and then from there, tweaking the numbers, optimization, mm. you, know, you know, doing optimization and things like that. So that was uh, that time. Uh, when I, and optimization during then takes much longer. Uh, so sometimes you can like test and then you can go for your uh, dinner and then come uh, back the test still running <laughs> oh so are you talking yeah. optimization are you talking about like back testing back testing so letting back the testing. code run uh. yeah back testing is one then uh, optimization is when you uh, optimization is where the, the parameters is not fixed you know mm. so you have strategy that is the, the fixed parameters let's say example MA crossover example mm. is, a, is, a, is a strategy but you can also optimize it that means you don't fix the two MA you just let the system decide what the two MA to uh, give you the best uh, result. Yeah. But this does give you this does mm. give you a very uh, ballpark, you know, from ballpark. So you know from where uh, around this range will give you a very good crossover, around this range will give you a very crossover uh, result. Then from there, then you go dive deeper into that uh, that area, I would say. I see. And were you applying this like across all the markets or were there selective markets that you uh, use your, these um, algorithms on? I was generally trading the index and then. Or just the index, not the, individual stocks. I also do uh, stocks, but generally more of the index. Yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. So now if think, thinking back to that, that, that point in time mm -hmm. where you slowly evolve from a discretionary trader to a systematic trader, yeah. share with, with us what was the, the main thing that you realized or you felt about that transition? Mm. Was there any, any aha moment that helped you transit into that? Or was there any aha moment as you transit, you realize, ah, okay, so that time when I was doing this was not ideal for me. What, what was that, that transition feeling of, of the transition like for you? Okay, yeah. So one, one of the realization is, uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, is uh, transaction cost count. Uh, you know, the amount of transaction you do, uh, it, it makes a difference, okay? Uh, if you take out uh, transaction costs, uh, your equity will be different, uh, you know? Mm. Second, second thing is uh, emotions. Uh, the reason why we, I go into systematic trading is because uh, sometimes you know, it's not that you don't know what to do. You know what to do, but because of emotion, you don't do it, you know? So that is also another challenge. So by having a systematic way of doing trading, you, you remove that part of the, the emotion part. And then number three, it helps you to save time because in discretionary trading, I can look at one market, you know, I, maybe it's like, uh, if I fully concentrate, I can look at one market 100%, you know, I can use my effort. 
using a, a system, a computer to trade, right? Maybe I cannot fully code that human being. Maybe I can code this 85% of that human uh, decision-making process. But that, that 85% uh, machine, right, can actually trade 10 markets. You know, mm. you can look at 10 things, whereas this one person, 100% only look at one thing. And second thing is, this person is emotional, this person get tired, and things like that. So over time, uh, a robot uh, will actually work better than a human being uh, because mm. it doesn't get tired. You can look at 10 things at one time. And, and those are some of the advantage of systematic trader or, or using robots to trade. I see. So were you still like uh, using the systematic trading methodology to trade longer term at that point in time? Or uh, yes. did you actually go down shorter term in a way? Uh, generally still longer term then. Yeah, generally mm. still longer term then, yes. I see, I see. Yes. And uh, at that point in time, when you started this systematic trading, was it already like fully system, systemized in terms of uh, an analysis, filtering, and even execution itself? Or do you actually still require you to do manual execution at that uh, point in time? So the, it only helps you to save time, like uh, looking for the uh, uh, signals. Uh, signals and, and then, uh, but certain, you see this certain discretionary, you cannot mm. do it 100%, uh, especially mm. equities, uh, as you said, as equities, you mm. cannot do it 100% because there are certain uh, events that happen that will affect the, the, the price. Uh. Mm. So you need to actually uh, go in and take a look at the particular selection. Uh, particular I user. see. Yeah. So which means actually still a fair bit of discretion is actually required at least That's at right. that point in time, right? That's because, right. I would say uh, maybe like mm. 20%, you still need to at least for equities, you need to decide what is mm. the, what is the best, mm. best, Thing to trade. Uh, I see. So yeah. at that point in time, the systematic trading is really more about helping you to filter for stocks filter. Yeah. that meet certain uh, stocks or, or indices or whatever that meets a certain criteria. Sure. Then you will have to like go in and take a look individually Correct. whether to see whether you want to get into that trade or not, or Correct. maybe just hold back. Correct. So it, it, it's, I would say it helps to save time mm. because I think the most important part for me, systematic trading is to be able to test, mm. to be able to test, because a lot of people say, oh, my strategy work, you know, but at, when you test it, it may not work, you know? Mm. So, so I think the ability to test save you a lot of time. And then you can test over many different time frame, different instruments, that's the ability to test. So after you have a test already, uh, you have a strategy already, then you, you need to do forward tests also. And then when you do forward tests, at the same time, you also need to, uh, see what are the things that you didn't notice uh, when doing your back test. Also. I yeah. see. So just now you actually mentioned uh, you spent, like you have to spend time letting the computer do the optimization and stuff like yeah. that, right? Yeah. So there's also this saying that you cannot apply too many parameters into your system because yes. you end up like you are trying to curve fit and you are That's trying right. to over-optimize and it might That's not right. be a robust system anymore. So right. how do you go about balancing having a robust, simple, systematic uh, methodology mm. versus one that could be like op op over optimized, oh, wow. over curve fitting. How do you find that balance? Yeah, a good question. Okay, uh, so definitely something we have done before, done it before. Okay, so uh, generally, I'm not so afraid that it's over optimized. Generally, I'm not so afraid that it's over optimized. Uh, but one, one, of, one of the things is over um, too many parameters, mm. having too many parameters. It means Let's say you have uh, too many parameters in a system, uh, chances are it will only work for that thing that you're testing on. Mm, okay. You follow what I'm saying? So once yes. you know that, once, once, you, once you test a particular strategy and they say, 
it works very well for your that thing that you're testing on and you apply it to other instrument or other uh, instrument it doesn't work right that means you're over, overdoing it ah uh, so okay, okay. curve uh, when you know that hey, which part is when you're overdoing it and which part is like it's hey, just enough so the system must be robust enough to work for all uh, across the board uh, yeah not over optimizing it i see so yes. if let's say for example like let's say today you run your yeah. system it yeah. tells you that hey, these 10 instruments meet this particular criteria. Mm. So how do you go about um, deciding which instruments to actually execute a trade on and which you don't? Okay, very good question. Uh. So the, the, the concept is like that. So what we do is we do comparative scan. So the first step, right, is actually uh, not to look for the signals. You know, a lot of people, when they trade on, uh, they immediately look for, hey, where's the buy entry, where's the sell entry? I think this is not very holistic. Like if you just dive in and look at, hey, let me cross over this, this is the instrument. It's not like that. So what I do is I take one step backwards to first find out what is the strongest or the most uh, strongest instrument right now. You know? So I do a, what we call comparative scan. Uh, give an example, like example uh, sectors right now. Sectors, some, some, some sectors, like the technology sector may not be so strong. Oil sector may be strong right now. You know, uh, countries like, China may not be so strong right now. US may be strong. So when you test and you will rank those equities, countries or sectors, right? Then you identify what is the strongest sector. Mm. You know? Then from the strongest sector, then you dive down to the strongest stock even. Then from the strongest stock, then you apply uh, your system on the strongest stock. So it's not just about entry, no? there's, there's a particular way of entering a stock, but you take one step back to look at the whole market first rank them, look for the strongest one, look for the, the France right now who recently won the World Cup. Who is mm -hmm. the trending, what is the trending uh, team right now? And then from there, they apply your system to trade that particular instrument. Then your so, chance of succeeding become higher. So that's how you narrow down to a very small... So let's say example, we've got 1,000 over stocks, you can rank uh, to find out the most trending one and the most trending out and trending down stock. Then from there, then you apply your system to this this... Tail end. And those, 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 a lot of those in the middle, uh, they may have crossover and things like that. Those are, you should not treat them at all. I see. So yeah. when, let's say, do you like typically run this uh, system like once a day or, or yeah, it's like day, once end a of day, end of day. End of the end day, of right? Day. So you run at end of the day, then you will rank, rank for you, yes, which are the right. most ideal. Then you just look at them one by one and just so like look at the chart. Rank ready, my, uh, after you rank ready, then you, uh, then you look at how to enter them. Mm, mm. Yeah, and yeah. what would be some of your like, suggested way of entering once you have filtered and ranked them down so, already. Okay, so example, how to, how to say it? Example, let's say we need a very uh, strong company, a very strong team, okay? So once you have a very strong team, chances are their price will have run up, you know? Yes, so exactly. So after the price mm -hmm. will run up already, then you, when you apply a system, you wait for pullback on that very strong team. Mm, okay. you understand? So you have a very strong trend, okay, very strong trend, then you apply the system, the system actually wait for pullback, you know, on that very strong trend, not a reversal, but pullback. Then on the pullback, you wait for entry on that very strong trend. I see. So in your yes. system, you also factor in to wait for that pullback before that's right, that's right, telling that's you right. before so what, you, yeah. alerting you to it, is it? Right. So that we have the what we call what to buy, mm. the look for the strong stocks. Yes. Then the when to buy is look for the particular. Pullback. Entry, mm. uh, pullback entry, mm. and then uh, we have a few strategies. So one is pullback, one mm. is breakout. Because sometimes ah, breakout, it mm. may not pull back. So if we break out and continue to break out, then how to ride on that momentum also. 
So that's the strategy here. Mm. And the when to get in. And then the last one is how to how much to buy. That means once yeah. you know that hey, there's a good pullback already, there's a mm. good entry, uh, pullback on a very strong stock line, uh, it's a pullback already, then how to enter the position. So from there, you, you scale in the position. Yeah. And then you do a trading stop from there. I see. So do you have like a general guideline in terms of how you actually size a trade once you decided or once the signal tells you that you should get in right now? Yes. So what we do is like, we will not, uh, we'll split into three, three, three times. You know, first time we will, let's say example, we want to do uh, 10,000, we will do five, you know, so size half, half first, then followed by 30%, then 20%. So as, and, and you only go in after you write a trend. That means when the, when the second signal appear or the third signal appear is when you are really profitable, then you write onto a trend. Then from there, you also do a trailing stop also. Oh, okay. So yeah. you will actually scale in. You also have a trailing stop following. Yeah. yeah. So you, when you buy already, it, it moves in the direction. Let's say you buy 50%, you move in the direction. Mm. And, and then you put in at 30%, you move in the direction, you put in at 20%. And then meanwhile, you still build a trailing stop. So sometimes ah. you'll be wrong. Sometimes you'll be wrong. It means you put in 50% and after two weeks, three weeks, there's no, you see your stops. And so you just lost 50%. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So how, how do you even decide in that 10,000 in the first place? Example, you, example mm, is that 10,000. Mm. You can actually split it, um, to split it into your, your portfolio. Uh. That means let's oh, say example, how much you want to invest and then you split to how many stocks you want to mm. do. Yeah. I generally, I don't do a lot of, I don't diversify a lot. Mm. I'll split maybe a three to five. That's the max you can do. Does that mean that at, at any point in time, usually you have about three to five positions open at the same time? Uh, three to five stocks, it mm. can be uh, mm. more than three to five positions because on a particular stock, on a particular stock, you may have two positions, you know, we went, went in two times, 50, 30, mm. you know, so, uh, but no more than five stocks. Uh. I see. Yeah. Is that the uh, still that same strategy that you are using today right now, or That's has right. anything right. evolved right. along the way? Have you uh, have you discovered any way to make it even better? A few years ago, I tried to try to make it better. So mm. I went there, went to drawing board, do my system testing, and mm. try to optimize it. Uh, could not could not find something better. Okay, so yeah. you are still basically at this point in time right now still using a trend following kind of methodology. Correct and yeah. using the system to help you identify uh, the strongest leaders and then helping you to find out when that pullback of the strongest leaders happens so right. that it will alert you and you will look at getting in uh, uh, into that particular instruments. Correct. Uh, the syntax may be a bit changed because it's uh, mm. look, looking at the strongest first, mm. then looking at the trend for uh, the entry. Uh, and, and it may not be uh, directional. So it, it can be, let's say the market is sideways. So out of the five stock, you may have too long, too short. So you are shorting the two weakest one, you're buying the two strongest one. So mm. then it become like neutral, you know? But mm. because of their uh, comparative, let's say example, China right now is weak. Uh, chances are it may get weaker and then strong may get stronger. So if it continues, then you are, not, you are not so dependent on the, the market up and down itself, but more of the relationship, the relationship between those two uh, index or these two stocks. I see. So you basically mean? you look at your trades from a portfolio perspective rather than as an individual trade on its own. By, that's right, that's right. By, by, minimi by containing the risk for each individual trade, but instead you look at the portfolio as a perspective. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Mm. At the same time, uh, this is more for position trading. Yeah, this mm. is more for position trading and a more holistic way of looking at the market rather 
Because when I first did technical analysis, like it just like look at a stock, how to enter that stock. Mm. But what I found is sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. That, mm. strategy, that, that entry. Why is it so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work? It's because sometimes you, when the market, is, uh, when the, that stock is, goes into a sideways trend, and then if you use a trending strategy, then it doesn't work. So then it, it becomes, uh, you need to change your strategy. So in my case, the strategy remains the same. We look for the instrument to trade same strategy. Okay, uh, so yeah. does that involve some kind of discretion in terms of whether the stock is going sideways or whether it's trending or whether you want uh, to apply that parameter? Good question. So how we do how to how to rank the stocks right? It's basically I compare all these stocks right with the index with the market. So the market is market perform. So when you have outperform, then you have the trending up stock. Underperform, you have the trending down stock. So even if let's say the 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 index itself is uptrending, but there are some that are more uptrending, so they, they'll be outperforming the, the index. And uh -huh. then maybe less uptrending, so they'll be the underperforming index. I see. In, in, when you do this right then you always get the most uptrending and the most downtrending. Mm. And then there are some in the middle, which is a lot, then you, those you don't trade. Oh, just leave them alone, basically. Uh, yeah, the market performer. So we, uh. we, we, then it's very, very dependent on the market. I see. So uh, if let's say right now you have, let's say like five, of uh, positions that's already open and uh, you have probably already deployed much of your capital mm. and then you run your system and you say, hey, there's another few trades coming mm. up. What do you do about that? Do you actually get out of your current trades or do you actually add on to new trades? How, how do you actually handle this? Actually, uh, I will not. Uh, so I will just manage my position. But after I end up, enter my position, I was trailing stop and the trail stop will always it, it go up. Uh. So Eventually, when the momentum drops, that means when the most trending stock start to become the most outperforming stock start to become market perform, then it will hit my stock. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, vice versa, yeah. so which means that if you are like fully deployed, yeah. so you won't actually try to look fully for new ideas yeah. Yeah. until yeah. when the existing positions got right. hit on the trailing stock, got up, then you say, okay, now I have a capacity to look at some. That's right. Uh, maybe the That's new right. leader coming up, then you yeah. try to scan and, and do the signal again. Yeah. Right. The uh, good thing okay. is, the good thing is, when you are fully deployed, the market is always on your side. Mm. Because when you are fully deployed, means the all your stocks are trending, all never hit stop loss. So you are when you are fully deployed, your your market is in your direction. Mm. So you are maxi actually letting your profits constantly run, Max, and you don't uh, worry so much. Profit because um, there's a good trend. Mm. Have you ever thought about, let's say, maybe mm. when your open trades are still ongoing? There yeah. could be some even better or stronger stocks emerging that if you don't take a look, you might miss the opportunity, which that means there's opportunity cost to it. Do yeah, you have, a, have you thought about like switching mm. out of your current position and mm. go for this, the other, the other stock or what that looks even more, more, more optimistic right okay, now? Okay, the first thing is uh, generally when you're holding, holding a position, you're in profits really. So, mm. you're, so what you want to do is not just look at the returns, but also look at the risk because you say, oh, this is a better opportunity. That is still a question mark. You True. know, you don't, don't know whether it's, the, it's really like that. So mm. uh, we are not looking so much of maximizing returns, but more of reducing risk. Uh. I see. So when, the, when you are in the right position, when you catch, let's say, you understand that this trade war, hey, it's benefiting the US more than the, the, the China, right? Then, then from that, you have this idea already to maximize this run. Do you know what I'm saying? And mm. chances are, all these trends are persistent, like technology or sector and oil sector, 
or previously, you know, what's happening to the Singapore property sector. So you, you from there you can catch teams uh, and you can run with those teams. I see. So yeah. you were you were saying just now that you uh, uh, at, at, at any point in time usually you have like too long, too short of that nature. So do you actually change that combination? Like, yeah. is so, there any possibility where it could be all five long or five yeah, short? Sure. And yeah. when so, does that transition happens? A uh, very good question. So when you when you go into a position, let's say example the market is sideways, you don't know where is it going. You have too long, too short. So what happens if the market trend up? Right, your too short will be stopped out. Mm, that's right. So you follow? I think your too short will stop up, mm. and then you left with too long. Then mm. you put in another two again, the, the long one will hold position, the short one will stop out again. So mm. you do again, long one hold position, the short one will stop out. So eventually, naturally, uh, if the market is trending uh, up, right, then you will end up with all buying stocks because your lose mark, uh, those that uh, is against the trend will be stopped out. So you those, know, let's say for example, just now you're saying if the yeah. market is generally bullish, the broad yeah. market is bullish, yeah. that two short that you have will stop out. Do yeah. you still try to get into another two short or do you start to look at maybe I should add more long positions? Yes. Yeah. So what you do when you, when you, when, the, when you're not clear where, where the market is going, let's say you do 50-50. Ah, okay. Ah, you do 50-50. Let's say the, you don't know where the market is going, you still do 50-50. But when you do 50-50, the one that is in the correct will hang on to the position. The one that is wrong will stop out. Mm. Then you, let's say example, you're still not sure you do 50-50. Mm. Again, the one that correct, you hold the one wrong. But then you notice, hey, when, it, when you scan, right, because uh, you get more buy signal. Because of the stretch, uh, comparative, you got more buy signal. Then the market is going more bullish. Then from there, naturally, right, you will shift towards more long because if the market is all going up. I see. So because that is actually trend. one part of the discretion aspect of it. You need to be able to determine and take a stand whether I want to be more bullish in terms of my position or do I am I not certain about the broad market and maybe I'll just half half. Uh, okay. So so what we do is because when the system right when you, it it after you do a comparative scan, you also tell you where are the buy signals. Mm. You also tell you where are the buy signals on that particular strong stocks. So if you notice that there are more buy signals, that means it's a percentage of more buy signal than short signal, then you know that the market is bullish, vice versa. So uh, on, the, on yeah. the number of signals, right, on the particular uh, stock, right, or trending up stock or trending down stock, then you know that hey, there, are, uh, if there, there are more stocks that are now having buy signal on the upside, that means you know that the market is going up. I see. So you yes. use that you use that ranking part yes, to help yes. you decide whether the broad market is bullish or bearish. So yes. if all the signals that's come out like ninety percent is asking you to buy, that yeah. is a no brainer. It's a it's a bull market right now, and you yes. just focus on looking for the yes. best stocks to go long on, right? right? Yeah. So so just mm-hmm. to be clear, is you rank already. Then after ranking, you you select Then you look for the particular uh, strong stocks. Are are they having a lot of buy signals? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That that sounds like a very uh, a very objective principle yeah. of making yeah. a decision making process easier yeah. compared to uh, constantly thinking about what uh, should is this a bull market is this a bear market and that's right. That's right. I can't I can't determine and it becomes like ends up screwing up your your psychology yeah. in terms of your decision making and yeah. so so this is the basically the main strategy I've been using you probably has been advocating your students and and your clients to look yeah. at as well yeah. is there any other kind of like a shorter term strategy that you trade as well yes I I I. I also do swing trade, that means shorter term trade. Okay. Mm. So uh, uh, in shorter term trade, it's a five days trade. So basically, again, is uh, looking at uh, pullback. Okay. Uh, Long term is still uptrend, but uh, short term pullback. Those are five days trade that we do. Uh. So mm. in, in, the, in the course I conduct, uh, SMT course I conduct, we cover these two how to do position trading, which is uh, the longer term one, and how to do swing trade, which is shorter term. 
Then in the shorter term, we also look for uh, things to trade for the next five days. Uh. So mm. that is a shorter term trade. Then in this place, the trading place, right? Uh, this, this one, the trading mm. place. We also mm. uh, have full-time traders that trade over here also. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so, so how would you suggest to someone who is undecided whether he wants to do swing trading or mm. position trading? Or do you, do you think it's a good idea to do both at the same time or just pick one and, and how would you advise the person? In terms okay, of which one good choose. question. Um, in terms of time frame, right? In terms of time frame, uh, there are a few criteria. One is capital. That means how much capital you have, okay? Because if your capital is too small, right? You do, uh, you do position. Let's say you only have like five hundred dollars, then you do position trading. May not make sense because, uh, uh, let's say one year you make twenty percent, thirty percent. You know, it still doesn't make sense. So capital. Second is experience. That means if you are like some of the full-time traders here, then the experience need to be more. You, know, you need to have a bit of stop out, you need to be able to uh, take a trade and things like that. But if you are not so experienced, then you can do longer term. You, know, you can mm. do longer term trading. And the last one is uh, time. Uh, because full-time trading requires you to have more time. Position trading, like what I described just now, requires less time. Uh. So time, mm. experience, and money. Uh. See what mm. money. Okay, yeah, okay. Some of, the, some of the things you need to decide. So of course, some of the times you will not know. You will not know hey, what is your what is your temperament, you know? How is your temperament? Can you, uh, are, you are you able to see your gains become lost? Are you able to cut loss? Are you able to uh, enter when the, when the market is running? So these are things that you need to ask yourself. And from there, you, then you know what is your particular cup of tea, like how to trade this market. I see. So for your trading right now, has it evolved to a, a, a point in time where you are actually fully automize the entire uh, execution already or do you still have to do manual execution right now? Okay. You, something that you prefer to do? Uh, for my own, for my own, I have uh, someone that actually do this part, okay, that actually do the backtesting, optimization and, and, and all these things is, uh, they are trading shorter time frame, they're trading shorter time, but they're not trading equities, they're trading more mm. FX, yeah, mm. future, uh, futures yeah, and future indexes. So mm. different instrument. Uh, this uh, more for op, uh, using algo and to trade. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is what I'm doing mainly. Uh, because, I see. Yeah. Okay. Now, so let's go into a bit about um, the part where you started to build a community and you start okay. to mentor people in terms mm. of trading. So uh, can you share a bit more about the motivation of why you decided to do this? I mean, you could have just do trading on your own and still run your brokerage business. Mm. And, and why do you actually start to want to, to, do, to build a community and, and, and start to mentor people from there? Uh, good question. Because um, you see a lot of challenge right about trading is not about the strategy. Sometimes it's, you can, there's a lot of bad strategy, but there's also good strategy around. So the challenge with uh, trading is not the strategy itself, it's the ability to follow the strategy. Does it make sense? Mm. Yeah, so how to, how to have the ability to follow the strategy is, and why having a system, number two is having peers, you know, that, uh, have, that um, resonate with you. It means you build a community that teach, teach you the right way to trade and, and, and have the same principles. So then the chances of you getting it right are become higher. No, that's not just accommodating, not just uh, having a system, but it helps you to push you forward to do the right thing also. So that's the reason why uh, a community is important. I see a lot of people, they just attend courses or, or go learn something, right? They just test it out for a while. If it doesn't work, they give up. 
and change something new again, test it out for a while, doesn't work, change something again. Then, then they see going strategy to strategy. Uh, a lot of times, you will not get it. Uh. So rather than do, to do that, uh, focus on one thing that works, you know, and then from there, uh, drill deeper into it. Uh, then you also have more people to uh, bounce idea off and you also have a more less stressful way of trading, I would say. So do you generally um, believe or accept that there's a certain notion that you need to find a strategy uh, or a methodology that fits your personality? Do you actually agree with that? And what was your take on that? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, because um, there are some people who just can't take losses, you know. There are some people who, who uh, so there are different characters, you know, in, in a person. You know? Some people just like to... Uh, Take big bets, you know? so, so you need to understand your personality. Then from there, develop your strategy. Some people don't have patience. So from there, you develop your strategy to suit you. And you ask me, how do you know your strategy? Basically, you try it out. You try out different strategy and see what, what resonates with you more. I see. So in a way, there's actually no shortcut. You got to find something that somehow you feel like this is something you believe in. Yeah. Then you try it out. You develop, back test it, forward test it. Right. And after that, you start putting real money to it. That's correct. 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 And 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 one of the most important part I mentioned is actually uh I mentioned is actually to keep records, you know, mm. to keep a journal, you know, because a lot of people when they are like like you learn golf, right, you can of course go go to the golf range and just swing your uh, your your swinger uh, and hit the ball, right? But you may not get feedback. Do you follow what I'm saying? You may not get feedback. Mm. So what you want to do is if you are really serious, right? What you want to do is you want to record your, yourself, you're taking a swing, you know, record yourself, or you want to take notes of what, how you're improving and not improving, review your videos, you know, and then from there, even go with a coach to see how you can do it better. That's where you actually become a better trader. So you can choose that. You want to do it just for fun, of course, you can just go and whack the balls, you know, or you want to do it really seriously. Then you need to keep a journal, you need to get feedback, uh, 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 then find out how to improve yourself. Yes, and even maybe looking at getting a coach to tell yeah, getting exactly a coach. What, you are, what you are doing wrong. Correct, correct. In fact, it was, if you ask me one advice that I'll give uh, most people, uh, new people or even intermediate people, one of the most important things uh, is to get yourself a coach because mm. it will save you so much time, it will save you so much money, you cut short your learning curve, it really makes sense at the end of the day because it, you can, it can why, why does the, the best uh, tennis player in the world still have a coach? You know, it's because, it's not that, that the coach can play better, but because he can see things that you don't see. You see. Mm, yeah, right. and, and, yeah, so these are the things that uh, is important to get a coach. He, he, he's done it before. You know? I see. So yeah. when yeah. did you actually started to teach and train and coach people? How long ago was that? And how many, how many to date, how many, how many of these people have actually been coached by you already? And what, what is the biggest issue and the problem you find that all these people bring the baggage in with them when they come for the trainings? Okay. So, because I'm kind of track all my years. Mm. Uh, so, I did in 2009, maybe 2009. So, okay. so that's about nine years. years. Yeah. Mm. Nine years, 10 years. Uh, about mm -hmm. 10, uh, nine to 10 years. So, that is uh, when I started. Uh, doing the training and um, what's the next question? Sorry. So roughly, how many how many people have you actually? Oh, how many people? Already, I do yeah. right now. One year we do about three to four hundred people. Maybe mm. uh, used to be lesser. Mm. Used to be lesser. So uh, and and 
right so now, probably about a few thousands already yeah, yeah, at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And what are the typical issues uh, that you find when you actually train and coach them? What is the typical baggage that they bring along from before they join your training and your course? Mm. What do you notice? And I, you know, I notice there are two groups. Uh. One group mm. are the real new newbies. Uh. That means mm. what they lack is the experience, the know-how. Uh. Okay, this I feel that are uh, easier to solve because once I tell, uh, once I download the know-how, it's okay. You know, the other the other group are people who are experienced. Uh, who have went for many courses or went trip many many years already. So they have old baggages. Uh, they, they have different way of looking at the market. So when you share them a new way, uh, they may have a uh, conflict. You see, so then they try to uh, merge the strategy together. That's where you have actually issues. Uh, if you don't follow the system. Uh, so when you don't follow system, it's like you don't have a system. That's all. Yeah. So how, how do you overcome those issues with them? So, or is it something that you say, you will tell them that, hey, this is something you've got to decide whether you want to yeah. change the way you behave? Or... Question. So for those people who are experienced, you know, I will tell them that don't merge the strategy. Okay, split your portfolio. It means mm. use certain amount to test this out. Use certain amount to test this out. You know, back, do your own back testing. Test it out but with real money. That's one way to do which strategy is more uh, profitable. That's one way to do it. And for the newbies, what we do is we uh, continue to help them. Uh. Like example, we have weekly webinar when I, when I do it here in this room. Uh, we have uh, ongoing videos and things like that that we continue to equip them uh, with the right knowledge and strategy. So one of the things that I do is every week we have webinar, like, like what I'm doing right now, a webinar. And from there, we will update what's happening in the market right now, you know, what are the stocks to look at, and, and, and yeah, so give them a, 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 some hand-holding from there. So for those newbies, uh, of yeah. course, they, they came with a generally a clean slate, right? Yeah. So you share your knowledge, experience with them, and they try to absorb as much as possible. But mm. is there anything that actually you notice obstructs them from becoming proficient, uh, 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 even though you have actually shared the knowledge with them? Mm. I think it's a, at the end of the day, it's a determination to succeed. Uh, because uh, when you want to do this, right, you need to understand that it's not a, a straight line. It's not a straight line. There will be challenges along the way, but how you can use the tool, right, with Trader GPS to actually help you to uh, manage your emotions and write the best trend. You know? so, so the tool is a tool. It's like a GPS. Mm. At the end of the day, uh, you need to actually manage your emotion and should from there, use this tool to help you. Yeah. I, see. I think that's I the see. most important. The psychology part is the most important. I see. Okay, so yeah. Um, yeah. we are coming to the last part of our okay. interview. I just want to find out from you, what's your thought about the futures of trading, uh, about this industry, and about how technology could potentially affect the landscape? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like Things like AI, we heard a lot about AIs, machine yeah. learning, and stuff like that, and high-frequency trading. Uh, do you think all of this alter the landscape in, in any kind of ways? Okay, so I, I have my hands on all this pile. Lah. So I will just share a little bit of my, my own journey. Ah, okay, I think high frequency is uh, it's like the arms war. It's like whoever have more money will win. Lah, you know, mm. so high frequency is not something that a retail can go into because it really depends on how how powerful your 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 system is, how whether you can locate your server near to the exchange. So it's about speed. You know. So that one is really uh, not from most retail. So high frequency, uh, most retail will be up. Institution, so yeah. institution will be more and more, they are doing this high frequency. Mm. Then uh, in terms of uh, 
Before AI, there will be like systematic trading, that means uh, mechanical trading, and then AI trading. And I, I feel that AI trading is still something very uh, new, uh, okay? It's something very new, okay? Where they actually, uh, instead of you programming uh, to tell them, hey, this crossover works, right? You just down, give them a lot of data and then find a system that works. Uh. You know, you don't give them, give them any, uh, mm. give them any idea what system to use. Uh. So from the data, they recognize that. Uh. And to today, I think it's still very new in, in, in uh, the financial market, you know. So, but I think this is something that will evolve okay, as the computing power get better, as, as people have, uh, are more aware of all these things. I think it will go towards AI and uh, neural networks and things like that. So, uh, and, but I also feel that the discretionary part will get lesser and lesser. The mm. reason why is because people keep staring at the screen. They really, uh, uh, to trade, they trade, they depend on volatility. And the volatility has actually dropped over the years, you know. So, um, their age is actually getting lesser and lesser. And because they have all these robots, right, they are actually trading against or uh, with them, uh, they, their age gets lesser. And, and the robots are getting smarter and smarter. So, eventually, we move towards this area uh, of AI. Yeah. Uh, maybe we start with mechanical trading or systematic trading first. Uh, then you have your, it means you input your own strategy. Then from there, uh, let the computer decide what strategy to use in the future. I see. So yeah. it could potentially come to a point where it becomes like your AI fight against my AI, see who a, whose AI is actually stronger or better. Uh, yes, yes. So the AI will be something like a self-learning AI. So when, uh, how to say, it's like uh, you show the computer, this is a picture of a cat, no? Uh. Uh, this is a picture of a cat, this is a picture of a cat. So you show him one, five million pictures of cat, no? Then from there, he will notice our cat have this characteristic, then he learn. He learns that, oh, it's like that. But uh, AI continue to learn, you see. So even when the market is moving, continue to move, when he continue to trade, he continue to learn. Let's say there's a example, black swan, he continue, oh, this is a black swan, things like that. So he uh -huh. continue to evolve learning, you see, the, see. the market. Yeah, so that is the, the, the AI part. I yeah. see, I see. The, the challenge with, uh, I think AI is, uh, they may be so, Smart, they become stupid, lah. You know, like like. Then when it becomes stupid, that's, then you need to off the button. Then you need the human to come back in. Yeah, yeah. Hey, because they become so stupid, then you need to off. You must learn how to off the button, lah. So that is the the challenge, lah, right now. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah. Oh, that was a really a wonderful discussion. So yeah. I wish I have more time to chat with you, but time yeah. is almost up. So, yeah. but before we end off uh, today's discussion, uh, with regards to your thoughts about all, all this, your journey and your systematic trading, do yeah. you have any like? top three advice for aspiring traders, new traders, if they want to start to learn trading, what would be the top three advice from you to them in terms of what to focus on? Okay, the first advice I will give everyone is to get yourself a coach. You save time, you save money, you, you cut short your learning curve. That is the, I, I feel is the most important because I, I would say that it's, it's money management, it's strategy, it's all these things, but all this is very dynamic, you see. And because when you trade this, when you do trading, you are like learning on the job. So when you're learning on the job, uh, it's risky. You know, when you learn diving, you always get a coach. You learn driving, you always get a coach. So get yourself a coach. You cut short, you make you less risky also. Yeah, so that's the first advice mm. I will give, give you. If you can't do that, if you cannot get yourself a coach, maybe you can learn, you know, you can do, uh, look from books and things like that. 
But uh, this part, right, you also need to know your emotions. Uh. It means keep a journal. You know, I think keeping a journal is important. So the thing is really like, keep a journal. When you learn, you keep a journal. You become your own coach. You mm. become, if you cannot afford a coach, you become your own coach. You can learn, but you keep a journal and self-awareness. Uh. You need to have mm. self-awareness. And the last one I would say is uh, don't give up. You know, okay. because if you think you can, you don't want to save, save time by getting a coach, if you want to coach yourself, sometimes you may give up. Uh. So if you give up, I say, hey, there's no such thing as an edge over the market. Then that's it. Uh. So the last one is really don't, don't give up. Uh. It, wow. It's a journey. Yeah. That, that, that is really, really great because your yeah. three advice actually is a, a, a top choice, second choice, third choice kind of thing, right? <laughs> because if you don't want to get a coach, you learn to learn on yourself, you've got to be prepared. The journey is going to be very long. Yeah, you become your own coach. Yeah, yeah and, and as such, if you want to really succeed, then you must not give up if you want to go that path. Yes, so right. I think, well, that's, that's really great advice. And thanks again so much, uh, Colin, for taking your time off today to share with the summit participants about the vast experience that you have and the, the words of encouragement you have for them. Uh, yes, thank I hope we have a chance to chat with you in the future. And uh, for now, I wish you all the best in whatever you do. And uh, any last words for the summit participants before we go? Uh, that's thank you. you know, thank you for deep, uh, having this opportunity to chat with you. you know, uh, any of the participants, uh, if there's any chance, we can by our office and we can have a cup of coffee or uh, link me out on Facebook, you know, then we can ch chat over, over online or so. Okay. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Colin, for Thank your time. Thank you. See you. Take care. Bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed this episode of Trading Conversations. If you'd like to assess past and future episodes of this podcast, please head to traderwave.com slash podcast to learn more. That's it from me for now, my friends. I'm your host, Philip Teo, and I look forward to have you joining us again in the next episode of Trading Conversations.